Uh, I just want to welcome you to the podcast today. Uh, my guest today is Rizwan Malik, and he is a senior vice president of Sotheby's uh, Realty in Canada. And he's also a star and a co-host of HDTV's, uh, let me make sure I get this right, HGTV, HGTV Canada's Hot Market. So, hey man, welcome to the podcast. Nice <laughs> to have you on here. Thanks for having me. What a great introduction. Wow. Well, thank you. First of all, you look too young to be senior vice president of anything, but congratulations, man. It sounds like you're on a rocket ship somewhere and you know, uh, <laughs> things are looking good for your career. That's great. You know what? I, I usually, when I show up to shoppers uh, on seniors day, I just give them my business card and I say, Hey, listen, I'm a senior VP. I may not look like a senior, but can I play <laughs> the discount? Doesn't always I don't work. think that's going to work. Well, I am an older guy, as you can see, but I've been in real estate for a long time. But it really warms my heart to see someone like yourself that's doing really well. well and, thank uh, you. Thank you. That. Yeah, thank you for coming on the, on the podcast today. My so um, anyways, uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, and again, this morning we hear again they're going to lock us down. The, yeah. the provincial government finally, is going to get... Finally, the big box stores that are going to suffer a little bit. And I think, frankly, no. it's okay. I'm confused. I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. I mean, one day we're open, the next day we're closed. Um, yeah. I remember last March when COVID first hit, I predicted, uh, I actually did a, a video on YouTube where I predicted that the market was going to soften, prices could go down, and man, was I wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm completely wrong. Uh, such a strange time we're in. You know, we've got a global pandemic, and yet the real estate market in the GTA has just been on fire it's for the last year. I mean, a 36% increase. It's ridiculous, right? Like. But again, it's not something that's sustainable. This growth is not sustainable. And I, I know we've, I, I've now been selling real estate for almost 15 years. And when I first got in the you business. Do look, you do look younger than you are. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I first started, well, I was 20 years old when I started. So I was, oh, okay. All right. right. I was in so so when, I first, when I first started, it was basically, you know, this bubble's going to burst. This bubble's going to burst. Yep. And. In my experience, this bubble is just floating. It's not a bubble that's going to burst. It's just floating in the upward direction, right? <laughs> I, so. I like the way you put that. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is unusual, but I mean, it's great to be popular in terms of world cities. Yes. I think there's a combination of factors that have kind of all come together in that perfect moment. We're not the only ones. I mean, there are many popular. Look at Vancouver. Uh, there's places in the U.S. like San Francisco where prices are out of control. Uh, yeah. But it, we're popular, basically, and there's a lot of money in the world. Uh, that's looking for a place to go. And yeah. so I think it's been just a happy thing. And low interest rates, of course, have been a big deal. I, I think that's what's, that's what's driving, right? Everything. So even though people might be out of a job, people might be laid off, but they have a lot of buying power right now. So it's right. like, okay, cool. Right. Uh, the banks are willing to give us money. They're willing to give us a lot of it. 1.6%. They went up a little. 1.8%. It's practically three months. It's free money. And, and the bank of Canada announcing it's not yeah. going anywhere for 20, till, until 2023 yeah. approximately. Right. I mean, I don't see the slowing down in any way, shape, or form. I think you're right, too. Yeah. But also, the government it, realizes, you know, our housing market has been one of the largest driving forces behind our economy yes, for a long is. time now, and it will right. continue to be, right? So it's just, it, mm. it, I just feel for, let's say, you know, some of my other friends who I went to university with, and they're trying to buy their first home. Yep. When I bought my first home, it was $322,000. Exactly. Now I can't even find them a 300-square-foot condo downtown that's $322,000. You're right. You're right. So, and you know, things have gotten so out of reach, and, you know, that, that's who I feel for. But anyway, okay. 
We have tons to talk about. We do. Fire away, sir. You you had a great segue there because uh, one of the things uh, that we want to talk about today is there is a trend for sure uh, in Toronto and also in the 905 where people are moving out, especially first-time buyers, uh, because it is somewhat out of reach. Uh, Even if you've got great income, you're two people, you've got great income, and you want to buy a house that's at least a million dollars, even if you have 200000 to put down, you still have to qualify for an $800,000 mortgage in the city. So what I've found, and even it used to be that people from downtown would move out to the suburbs, they'd maybe move to Mississauga or to Richmond Hill, but they're going further now. They're going further afield into places like Hamilton and Stony Creek and Kitchener and Cambridge and Barrie. And uh, do do you find that that's a trend? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we've been seeing that for a long time. And what's actually kind of kind of interesting is all of these areas that you just mentioned, like Stony Creek, Cambridge, Hamilton, Guelph, they are also starting to get out of reach. So to the point where, yes. you know, you know I, I, I typically won't go out all the way to Cambridge to help clients just because, you know, I, 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 I predominantly... I did last year twice. Yeah. I yeah, would have never done it. I would have never done it in the past, but I did. I, I only did it because it was one of my closest friends from university. Right. Her and her family were moving out. She was pregnant. So, you know, it's like, okay, you know Went what? To Cambridge. Don't worry. Let me, let me uh, go and help you. You and I might have been in bidding wars competing against each other. Well, I'm not kidding. And, and that's my point. So, like, we were in Cambridge. The average property, every property that we saw would get 12, anywhere yeah. from 12 to 18 offers. So... You know, like, yes, the starting point was significantly lower than what you'd started here in Toronto, but by the time you were, by the time everything was said and done, you were ending up at a ludicrous number, even for Cambridge, even yeah. for Hamilton, even for Stony yeah. Creek. And, and that's the whole thing, right? So now it's the same principle and the same philosophy that's applied in Toronto or the GTA here is now out there. So it's like mm-hmm. you sell your property now for, let's say, $150,000 over asking, when your neighbor goes on the market, they're expecting that 150 plus, plus, plus. Exactly. So it's like you're as a buyer, you're always chasing the market, right? And I always sort of educate my buyers and say, listen, if we're going to place an offer on something and we're not going in to win, then don't put the offer at all. Because all you'll do right on is the two people who actually want the property, they'll start bidding against themselves, driving that price higher, but you're not going to get that house. So that next house that comes up, the expectation is going to be that much higher because that will now set the benchmark. So if we're not going into win, don't be the 15th offer or the 16th offer as a throwaway offer for right. no reason. Right. That's right on. Right on. That's great advice. And I agree with you 110%. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, there is this max exodus, obviously. And I think people yeah. are making a very permanent decision uh, based on this uh, pandemic. I, I mean, we've been in it now for a little over a year. You know, yep. we just celebrated the one-year anniversary of our two-week lockdown. How amazing is that? <laughs> uh, right, Let's so, celebrate. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, just, we just, had, it just had its one-year anniversary. God, uh, God bless uh, the pandemic. Yep. But, you know, the, the reality is by the time everything is said and done, this is still not permanent. Or at least we don't think it's yes. going to be permanent. Which brings up an interesting point. Forever thing. In interesting year, point. What I sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to cut you off. But interesting point because a lot of people are working from home now, as I am, and maybe yeah. you too, but I am yeah. for sure. And they, there's kind of a, a logic that's going on right now. Well, we can move to Cambridge because I'm going to be working from home anyway, so I, I don't really need to commute 
down to you know Young and Bloor for my yeah. job because I'm going to be working from home indefinitely. They don't see that that could be only temporary. And they well, may get the call where they have to start commuting back to the city. Exactly. And, 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 this is, and this is my belief. I think going forward, I think there will probably be some sort of flex plans or you know, mm. flex schedules where maybe one or two days a week you can work from home. But the rest of the, rest of the week, your employer is going to war- want you to park your bum back in the seat at the office yeah. because employers right. are locked into a 10, 20, 30, 40-year lease That's where right. they have a floor, two floors, five floors, half a tower, which is worth millions of dollars in, uh, in, in leasing, right? So one, you're right on again. They're, right they're, on. They're, they're, they're not going to say, okay, well, you work from home. We're going to continue to pay uh, the electricity and keep the- For, for uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, for the once a month that you want to show up to work. Right. It's, it's not going to be like that, yeah. right? Like, uh, I think there are certain industries and certain certain empl- certain employers who will allow you to work from home certain times of the week or a mm-hmm. month or whatever, but they're going to want you back at the office, and that's where it becomes an issue for me, right? Like, people are making a very permanent decision, in my opinion, on something that's still quite temporary. Yes, it's gone on for a year. Yes, yeah. it may go on for another half a year or a year or however long. But the reality is things will go back to normal or a new normal one day. We but, hope so. You know, and, and I'm hopeful too. But the reality is like people will expect you, your employers will expect you to show back up at the office and work from there. So like my whole thing is, yes, you've now sold off your condo at a discount. You've now bought something competing with 15 or 16 or 18 other buyers. Yep. And then now you're going to need to sell that off because, again, it's all about supply and demand. Right now, downtown condos are not high in demand. Therefore, if anything, instead of buying that house in Cambridge or buying that house in Stony Creek, you're better off buying a condo downtown. Exactly. They don't see this. They don't see it. This is the time to buy a condo in downtown Toronto. There's very few bidding wars. The prices are down a little bit. It's a perfect time. It's the only time to buy it, right? So it's just, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. So for me personally, like it's, it's, it's a, it, you know, it's about not being so short-sighted and saying, hey, listen, working from home is the new norm. I don't mm-hmm. think that it is. I think it is, it is what we're dealing with right now just because, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's what, what we have yeah. to work with. However, I don't think it's a forever thing. And I think, uh, I think you're right. As, as, as that demand or as that push to move back downtown starts in the next year, two years maybe, um, these areas like Cambridge and Guelph, and uh, they're going to correct themselves again. They'll correct themselves back down to what the value was, and they'll be further hit than that downtown condo that you, you would have purchased. I, right? I so, think your logic is right on. I really do. Yeah. And the other thing to take a look at is a lot of these large companies, uh, big companies like Google uh, and a lot of other tech companies are currently – expanding in the downtown area. They're either building new buildings or leasing mega floors on new towers that are under construction today. So these are companies who are committed to having that downtown space. They're not, yes. if they and, weren't, then they wouldn't be doing it. Well, so they're going to, go ahead. And, 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 that, and that's just it, right? So with, with a lot of these tech companies as well, like you think about it and you realize, okay, there's servers and like, you know, firewalls and all this stuff. Yes, they can give you a laptop to take home, but you're not as protected. Their intellectual capital, like all that stuff is not mm. as protected as it can be working from the office setting because that's where they have all their infrastructure, right, to protect themselves. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, 
I don't think that this work from home trend will be an indefinite thing. I think it will show up in a way where it becomes a part of someone's schedule moving forward where, you know, employers will say, okay, listen, for the next five, 10, 15, 20, or 15 years, 10 years, five years, we are locked into a lease. Maybe when we renew that lease, we won't take up as much office space as we have right now, but for now, come to the office. Well, and I don't know, I've, I've been working from home for a year, 13 months, and I've had enough. Like, I, I miss the human interactions. Zoom meetings are great. It's wonderful to talk to you. Isn't technology great? But oh, at the sure. same time, do you find, I, I find that I still go to the office to pick up my mail once in a while. And yeah. it's so great to actually be in the same room with human beings and to be able to say hi and maybe not shake their hands or maybe yeah, bump give elbows. Them an elbow bump. <laughs> give them an elbow bump. And there's some actual real human interaction. I miss that. We're social creatures. Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, yesterday I was speaking to one of my neighbors who, uh, uh, who's a partner at a law firm and whatever. And and we were talking about the exact same thing. And she said, typically, like if they were at the office, she'd have some of the, uh, some of her associates sit on a call, listen to a client meeting on mute, just to like, just to, just to like wet their toes or just to get an experience and to get ahead. She's like, we're not doing any of that anymore. She's like, now if I need something done, instead of giving someone else work to do or to be like, hey, do you mind just like quickly writing this memo for me or whatever to give them the experience? She's like, I just do it quickly and I send it off. Yeah. Right? So I, I think I think That's yeah, like I, 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 I think productivity breeds productivity. And if you don't have anything going on and you're sitting around next to the photocopier and you hear the copier going and you hear your colleagues running around and like someone's <laughs> negotiating a deal here, negotiate. Yeah. It just breeds, like it gives you that fighting spirit to be like, okay, I want to be doing something right now. What can I do? Maybe yeah. I can pick up a weekend open house. Maybe I, I can go you're do right, a showing man. for someone. Oh, open houses. I miss those. I used to do a lot of open houses. Yeah. And of course they've been banned now for a long time for good reason, I think. Uh, but I miss them. I really do. I think, I think, I think these are, uh, unprecedented times. We're in uncharted waters. I think what's happening is absolutely necessary, but I do feel that one day, one day soon, we will get back to normal. I hope you're right, my friend. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, uh, cautiously optimistic, and uh, you still see some very strange things. Uh, I was watching the uh, the blue the Blue Jays on the weekend. They had uh, yeah. a game down in Texas, down in Dallas. And that was the, the first game of the season. And the stadium, they had the roof open. There were 70,000 people in the stadium watching this baseball game, which the Jays won, by the way. But, um, and hardly any were wearing masks. Most of them were not. So, again, you've got this dichotomy of in the States. Now, maybe they're just being reckless. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not a medical but you think person. About it, and you look at that, and their numbers are going down, right? And they, they are, are. They're at, like, 40% vaccinated. So, like, I, yes, they're way ahead of us way ahead of us so i mean it is what it is like that's uh that's either here nor there but yeah like it's i just i just you know i we can all we can concern ourselves with is what's going on here and like it's it's one of those things where i hope one day soon we return to normal you're gonna get a vaccination you're gonna do it uh i'm I'm on the (laughs) fence about that right now to be honest uh i'm hoping come on man i'm I, I'm hoping for herd immunity, and I think it's okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. I'm a little bit older demographic, and I could actually go, I think, in the very near future. So I'm going to try it. I know someone who went. He seemed to be fine. A uh, realtor friend of mine, he says it took like a minute. But it's AstraZeneca. So, again, there's issues maybe with blood clots. I don't know. Yeah. What do I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, no, exactly. Uh, exactly. 
Uh, yeah, no medical advice here from me. Yeah. Well, you're a young man. So. You real, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say I can. I can give you uh, real estate advice. I just can't give you <laughs> medical. advice. No medical. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so. Um, so anyways, um, uh, man, you and I are on the same wavelength because I think the exact same things. I think that the market is going to be – the other thing that's going to drive our real estate market uh, once we get back to normal is there's a couple of factors. Uh, immigration into Canada, which I'm so pro-immigrant. It's a big country, and it's mostly empty. Uh, but that's been kind of shut off for a year now. And I just saw somewhere where the, the, the Trudeau Liberals are going to allow up to 400,000 people a year into Canada starting as soon as COVID is finished. And we know that out of those 400,000, about half of them are going to come to the GTA. Guess what? They have to live somewhere. Exactly. They have to. Exactly. So there's your rental market or condo market. It's come, It's going to come back in a tsunami, I think, once we get I, back I, I, Exactly. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's, that's what we can expect, right? Like right now, well, vacancy rates are super high because we don't you, have... Uh, is that your dog? <laughs> yeah, working from home. Yeah, that, that's we'll just, edit that. I, I think vacancy <laughs> rates are welcome to my world. Super, yeah, vacancy rates are super high right now because we don't have the international students. We don't have another yeah, one. Immigration, and also there's no there's no need right there. Like there's no drive for people to stay downtown. There's no reason. So I have a lot of friends mm -hmm. who've moved back to their family cottages, or they've moved in with mm -hmm. with family for the last four or five, six months or a year for however long they need to because they didn't realize, listen, I don't need to be spending two or $3,000 a month in rent downtown. And the yeah. reality is I can even move within the same building into the exact same unit type for significantly less. So why am I paying this? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think it's going to, and again, it's a temporary thing, but it's hard, it's hard to kind of get a gauge on it when you don't know is it going to be Originally, we thought it was going to be three months and six months. Now it's a year. Now it could be a year and a half. We don't know. Yeah. But uh, I think you're right on. I think all that stuff is going to come back. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who came to you today and they're living downtown, they're living at um, Yorkville, right, yeah. the Young and Bloor area, and they say, you know what, we can't afford what we want to do here. We're thinking we're going to move to Barrie. What, yeah. what would you tell them today to do? Now, obviously, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, right? yeah, but lot, lot, lots of factors. Like we talked about, you know, like maybe they'll have to go back to the office one day or whatever. My, my whole thing is I'm very much lifestyle-based. So mm -hmm. my approach to real estate is very different. It's lifestyle-based. If you're doing 70 to 80% of your living in a specific area, I say that's where you need to move. And if you, need to like, and if you can't compromise on that, then you compromise on certain things, certain elements. If you you know, want to be in a big detached home, it may right. not happen right at Young Employer. You may not even be able to go into a home at Young Employer. That's why I moved you go into, into a condominium. Yeah, you go into a condominium. But if you're doing 70 to 80% of your living in Yorkville or in downtown, I feel like spending two hours a day commuting, I couldn't you know, five times a week, 20 yeah. times a month, it's just unnecessary. The fatigue, the strain, the like the lack of focus, like it's yeah. just, it's, 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 it's mind numbing. Like I've done that. I did that for two years did you? and I realized I never want to do that again. Funny enough, I live at Young and Bloor. So, you know, I, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but that's my neighborhood. And that's what I love. Yeah. I've lived, lived, lived on King West. It wasn't necessarily something that I liked. I've lived in Liberty Village. I've lived. Ah, I've lived Liberty Village. A little Pardon bit me? too overbuilt. I think Liberty Village used to be great. 
but you can't find parking. There's, especially if there's a soccer game. I mean, forget it. Oh, you know. it's definitely overbuilt, and there's only like one main artery that gets you in and out. So Strawn it's, Avenue, exactly. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah. you know, um, so my whole thing is like, if someone wants to do that, and Barry is where they're going to do seventy to eighty percent of their living, I'm in support of that. Like, you know, mm. I can't. People have to decide what they're going to do and where they're doing, and where they're where they're doing it. Right. So like, it's it, it's one of those things where it's not necessarily for me per se, right. but you know, if if they have family up there, if they have a cottage up there, if they're moving to a cottage, if they're moving to a recreational home right. that's winterized or whatever, they just want a big, huge yard for a dog. Like they want, mm. they have kids and they want kids to run around and play and like, you know, maybe smell some fresh air because it's not so fresh downtown. You know, like <laughs> everyone has their. It's not so bad. Yeah, every everyone has uh, the a, a million different reasons as to why they want to do what they want to do. But like my thing would be. Absolutely. You know, like it's um, right now, like typically I would always suggest to uh, young people, especially or anyone in general that, you know, you, you don't sell real estate. Like if you can afford to hold on to your first property and rent it, a bank will still give you financing um, yeah. on a second home. If you refinance, if you remortgage, if you are able to pull that equity out, try to keep the first property and build on that, build your portfolio as much as you can. And typically um, you, even if you don't have positive cash flow and you're breaking even, that's not bad as an investment and just have some tenant or have a tenant uh, pay your mortgage off for you. Exactly. Today, right now, because vacancy rates are so high, sellers or sorry, owners are, uh, or landlords are being forced to kick in a little bit of money. So there's about a shortfall of, you know, two, three, maybe $500 a month. Right. But that is still, that, that is still better than having to pay the full Two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars that you typically would, right? So I'd right. rather I'd rather still be collecting fifteen hundred or seventeen hundred dollars a month in rent and putting in the three four hundred dollars just to maintain that investment than to going ahead and getting rid of it because it's I not the it's, market to do it. Yeah, I think the the wealthiest people I've met are all people who have never sell. <laughs> they buy properties and they just keep them and they go from one to two to four to six to ten properties. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what it takes, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Totally. Absolutely. We're on the same wavelength. What can I say? <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about uh, Sotheby's. I know that, that there's a brand that's really grown in Canada uh, yeah. over the last, I would say, 10 years. I remember when they first came on the scene, it was, it was quite a big deal. And uh, how did you manage to hook up with them? So I, I was working with one of the Canada's second largest developers, like very prominent builder, and I was there. Uh, I, I've, I've launched a lot of high-rise buildings for them, about 14 towers, wow. 2,500 units, almost a billion dollars in real estate. So tons of nice, time to work. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, for me, uh, I, I was ready for a bit of a change, and I wanted to go back to, like, you know, working one-on-one, more transactional-based, one-on-one with clients, buyers, sellers, all that. Right. And so Sotheby's felt like a natural fit. Um, you know, people perceive us to be exclusively dealing with luxury properties only. And, and yes. yes, we focus on luxury. However, I always say that we are the standard bearers for luxury service at all price points. So, you know, like, like I said, my, my, my best friend needed a property in Cambridge. Not only am I driving out to Cambridge, but I can tell you it wasn't a luxury property in Cambridge that we were buying. We were buying her entry-level home for, for her, her her and her family 
and that's a long drive from Young and Bloor. Let me tell you. So I, I must have loved her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's, so. She's lucky. Uh, but you know, so having said that, you know, like I, for me, it's always come down to you. No, irrespective of the property that you're selling, you treat treat everyone's home, everyone's investment, everyone's sale uh, with equal amount of attention, mm -hmm. detail, and care standard of care because you know it, it's one thing to say oh i'm going to go ahead and uh, for my listings that are over five million i'll do all the bells and whistles listings under five million i'm not i'm just going to do photos right. no it's it's one standard so it's floor plans and high definition photos and matterports and 3d imaging and uh videos and you know night photography all that stuff websites this is whether the condo is five hundred thousand or the property's $10 million. I mean, that is that is what people come to expect, and that is what they get, at least for me, because that's how I feel uh, to someone. That's awesome. You know, to, to the seller, to the homeowner, that's their single most expensive asset. So whether it's 500000 or it's $2 million, or it's $10 million, to them, it's a very important sale. So, you know, I, I, can't, I can't be the judge and say, hey, listen, it's not quite at this price point so therefore you'll get you know short of the right, stick it's right. not it's not fair i appreciate your values i really do i think i wish every realtor thought that way i really do yeah, yeah that's fantastic so here's one tell me something about yourself uh i know you're you, you probably work like 18 hours a day because you've got a lot on the go uh, what is something about yourself that that nobody would know like an interest what do you do when you're not working like uh, do you have a hobby or the things you like to do that that uh, your people who, who think they know you would be surprised to find out. You know, that's funny. That I know you have that. a dog. I know I saw on, on your Instagram. I saw you yeah, have a little dog, yeah. a little teacup. I, I do have a little teacup, my, micro teacup Maltese, Luna Malik. Okay. Uh, but so, so I will say this. I live a very public life. So I, you know, especially after the show and everything else, like I, it, it, there was this, outpouring of support and love and you know uh kind kindness from all these people that i never even knew before so what's been great about all of that is i've been able to share more and more about my life with people who follow me or who follow along with the journey and everything else and like it's it's been really really wonderful so you know there really is no we secret. are we know you <laughs> yeah there there's no secret there's no secret copy or anything else but one of my biggest passions in life uh, when I was a teenager, I started uh, horseback riding. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, and I loved it then. I loved it now. I gave it up for a little while. Uh, I had a bit of an injury at the gym, and then I fell off the horse swell, which further oh, uh, further accelerated the injury and uh, made it worse. And uh, so I had to get shoulder surgery last year. But I'm finally back in the saddle over the last few months. <laughs> and I've uh, decided I've signed up for five competitions this summer. What? So, oh what? yeah. So, so getting back into back into the swing of things, you know, like full on. So right now I'm riding three to four times a week, just getting ready for, uh, just getting ready for these shows. So that's Amazing. definitely a huge passion of mine. Um, so that that's how I like to spend my time off. And to be honest, in the in your earlier point that I'm working 18 hours a day, I will honestly say that I'm so blessed to have such uh, great work-life balance. So. You know, I, I, I know that, yeah, it is. I, In our business, that's great. I do a and lot. And hard to find. Yes, yes. And I, I do a lot of working and I, I do a lot of work, 
but I also do a lot of play because I think it's really important. And at the end of the day, like, yes, you can spend your entire time, your entire day working away, but for what, right? Like there, I can only eat so much. I can only spend so much money and I'm beyond comfortable and beyond happy. So it's, 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 yeah. it's good to just also take back, take a step, stick, take a step back and say, listen, this can either keep going or you can also go out and enjoy what you worked so yeah. hard to achieve. Those are true words. Those are true words. I've met so many agents over the years uh, who were top producers, but they got burned out. They got burned out. And that, and well, how did you get burned out? Well, I was working seven days a week for the last five years and working 12 hours a day. And I just, eventually you get to the point where you don't want to answer the phone. And I think that that work-life balance is so hard in the world of real estate. It's so hard to find. It sounds like you found it. I think that's just fantastic. It really is. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Although I'm not going to go horseback riding. No way, man. I'd probably I'd fall off and break my neck probably. Oh, <laughs> my God. You know what? And that's what drives me crazy. And, like, rightfully so. Like, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Half my friends are, like, when I tell them, I'm like, oh, I'm out of breath or, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm really, really fatigued or tired. Why? The horse is doing everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because that, that's exactly what they do in the wild. They just set up little courses for themselves and just jump around. In the wild, they eat, they like they graze all day, they sleep, and they poop. Those are the three things that they do, right? So there's there's no horse out there setting up a course, jumping around just for fun. And I'm just like, I just happen to be there for the ride. It doesn't doesn't really equate, but you know what? It's okay. That it really sounds fantastic. Really out in the fresh air, man. It's nothing better than that. Yeah. That's great. See, well, there's something I'll bet you a lot of people didn't know. I'll bet you that's something about you. Now people are hey, wait a minute. I didn't know that. Yeah, the horse isn't doing all the work. Oh, it is Rizwan. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, listen, my friend, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today on the podcast. Thank and you so uh, thank you for your insights in the real estate market. It is truly an unusual time we're in still. Uh, you know, 15, 14 months ago, I don't think anybody in the world would have predicted that we go through a year plus of global pandemic uh, with uh, shutdowns and lockdowns and then back and forth and different color coding. I can't even keep track of it anymore. Yeah. But uh, no one would have predicted that. But here we are. Uh, things are still good. People are buying real estate. People are selling real estate. There's lots of pre-construction going on, there, which are apparently selling out. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are taking that longer, longer term view. And there are trends within the market, I think, where people are moving further out to not just suburban but beyond suburban areas and i think your your words are wisdom because people need to take a long-term view that you know if you buy that house out in bowmanville you know that's great and you might like that lifestyle for a while but is that truly what you want because you may get called back to work you may have to go back to work in the city and are you really willing to do that commute for an hour and a half each way every day uh, i know i couldn't do it yeah, like everybody's go, different. Go out to Bowmanville, no problem. Maybe you rent there for a year. Rent I love Bowmanville. So nothing against oh, Bowmanville. Absolutely, but that's what I'm saying. Like, go out to Bowmanville. Go out to Hamilton. Go out to Cambridge. Go out to Guelph. Go out yeah. wherever, Barrie, wherever you want to go. That's not an issue. Do it for a year. Rent yeah. it for two years. That condo that you have downtown, you know what? Rent it out. And if if it if you have to sit empty, or if it has to, if you have to rent it out for a thousand bucks a month, fifteen hundred dollars a month, and kick mm -hmm. in. The rest of the money just to basically bring yep. it to zero who cares that's a smaller price to pay than to have to sell off your investment yep. at a discount buy something at its peak and then pay the closing costs and then do the reverse again it's just yep. it's, 
to me makes no financial sense. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you, sir. sir. You have a wonderful yeah. day, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. I would like that. Have a good one. Nice All to right, talk thanks. to you, and have a great day. Rizwan, thank you. you. Too. Bye, Randy. Bye.